Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Happy New Year, Habs fans. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, episode 16 of the Canadians Connection Podcast. That makes it the Henri Richard edition. <laughs> We're happy well. to have you for the first episode of and before we get into anything else, let me introduce the Steve Shut to my Steve Bain, Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going, Rick? Happy New Year, um, and uh, it's going well. I hope everyone had a very good start to their New Year. Um, also to our uh, Ukrainian and and uh, Russian friends, it's, this is uh, Christmas weekend. Um, yeah. And Christmas Eve tomorrow and, and Christmas uh, on Monday. So Merry Christmas to those folks. Um, yeah. And, and uh, looking forward to this show. Um, and um, well, you go ahead. There's some, there's some interesting <laughs> news. There's some interesting wrinkles, a new segment uh, or a new part of a segment uh, we're going to introduce uh, in the, in the third segment. So uh, maybe you can give uh, just an outline of, of what we'll be talking about today. Well, let me say that this is going to be a very interesting show. Maybe an entertaining show is the is the way that we put this. We're uh, valuing entertainment over all else. So this is what this show is uh, is come to. We have it brand new, as Rick said. We're going to get into something a little bit different in the uh, third block of the show. But before we get there, we're going to talk about some old juniors. Even before we get there, let's start out with the staple of the show, winners and losers. And now it's time for this week's Winners and Losers on the Canadian's Connection. All right. So we're going to get things started off with the winners this week. And I'll get us started um, because this is a guy that I've been fairly critical of uh, just recently with the way that things have been going on the Montreal Canadiens, like the left side of the defense and uh, Specifically, that's been the area where I've been a little bit more critical than anything else that's been going on with the Montreal Canadiens. And one of the guys that I kind of put in that group was Jordy Ben, just a couple of weeks ago as uh, as a group of losers for that week. But he had a tremendous week. He was he had two goals, two assists, four points, plus five in three games played, and. I, I was thinking about maybe going to Jeff Petrie because he scored that winner against Dallas. And, you know, I could always go back to Jeff Petrie because Jeff Petrie has been very, very good this season. And one guy that perhaps won't circle up as often, won't have the types of weeks like, like he had just this past week very often is Jordy Ben. So, I thought that this was a can't miss opportunity to give him some credit because he's back in a role where he can actually be a a productive player and give something to the Montreal Canadiens. And one of the more impressive things this week is not, not the goal against Vancouver or Tampa Bay or the two assists that he had. It's the fact that in that six, five game to me that he got out of that game, a plus three, it's it, 
like that is the that's the one time it, people say that you know you can't really use plus minus with all the advanced analytics that we have now at our disposal plus minus is kind of it's been labeled a little bit antiquated but i think that there's still a value in that statistic and in games like that you really see it where it's a 6-5 game it's a wild game but he managed to get out of there as a plus three so that to me says all you need to know I think it was a really good week for Jordy Ben. I mean, he's the the sibling bragging rights with the Montreal Canadiens beating uh, the Dallas Stars, perhaps catching them at a at a at a good time. But I'll take nothing away from the Montreal Canadiens. It was a good week for the Canadiens. It was a good week for Jordy Ben. It's great to see him back in a role where he can thrive. Absolutely. Um... And, and I think that's the key that, that when when um, there was criticism earlier in the the season, um, I I think the, the criticism came with a caveat, and that was he's playing above his head. He's playing he's been he's playing in in a situation where um, he he just doesn't have the the skills to to compete. And that was, um, you know, with Shea Weber out of the lineup, there was uh, many nights that he was alongside uh, Jeff Petrie as the number one defenseman. And, and you know, uh, it's, it's not his fault. It's, it's not a role that uh, he, he can play. Um, and yeah. I think that, that, that now that he's uh, with Shea Weber back and, and everybody back more into uh, more comfortable positions that, that he's been able to show that he still has um, some value for this team. And um, he's been great. Um, now, all that being said, uh, you know, he is a, an unrestricted free agent uh, at the end of, of the year. Um, and he, he does have a, you know, a, a, a contract that, that maybe could be, you could find uh, someone, a prospect to, to fill that role more cheaply. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, is, does he become a, a, a trade piece uh, as we get closer to the deadline? And does his play continue to um, uh, maintain that level uh, as as maybe he showcases himself uh, for, uh, you know, the that a, a, a playoff bound team out there says we want to add him um, to our lineup as a bit of depth and, and extra insurance? Yeah. And, and I mean, that's really, Jordy Ben can provide some of that. And we saw this week perhaps a little bit more in uh, a little bit more the way of offense that we don't typically see from a guy like Jordy Ben, but he was providing it throughout the week. And if he can just be, and I mean, I remember when Montreal got him in, uh, in that 2016-17 uh, season, him, he just initially seemed to me just a steady guy. And in that role, he can be a steady guy for a playoff team, perhaps a, more of a depth guy than anything else. Not really a, you know, a, an all the time kind of player, but even still, I think that he can provide something to a team that's headed to the playoffs, whether that be the Montreal Canadiens or another, uh, another team. So um, anyways, it was a great week for Jordy Ben. And, and that's why I've, uh, I've given him the nod for uh, my winner of the week. Uh, so Rick, your winner of the week, maybe not as uh, is a little bit more accustomed to this kind of an accolade. 
indeed, and and we've seen him uh, here before. But um, I couldn't help but add uh, Carey Price as as my winner of the week. I, I when I looked back at uh, the the contributions, um, it it just seemed no contest. Um, yeah. Off the ice, um, Carey Price uh, became a dad for the second time. Uh, at the end of December, welcoming uh, daughter Millie to the the family um, with uh, their two year old Liv, and of course An- his wife Angela. Um, Carey Price was also uh, earlier this week named to uh, the NHL All Star Game, um, and and well deserved. Um, he, uh, y- you know, he's. Uh, uh, for December, um, he was kind of the only reason that that the Canadians um, won some games. And after after all of the the moaning, how he hadn't outright stole a game, he he uh, he piled up uh, and stole quite a few. And and um, currently has a an eight and two record in his last uh, ten starts. Uh, both Price and Jimmy Howard are going to be there to. Uh, represent the uh, Atlantic Vision uh, Division in uh, in San Jose uh, for the All Star Game. I should uh, just just a brief kind of sideline. Um, so far, um, Carey Price is the only uh, Montreal Canadian to be at the that we know for sure is going to be at the All Star Game. But um, through fan votes, uh, extra players will be added. Uh, mm-hmm. And you might want to get your votes in for Shea Weber, uh, who has been nothing sort of short of dominant uh, since his return and and uh, and uh, probably would be there uh, anyway had he uh, uh, played a full season. But uh, um, you might want to help him get there uh, anyway. Just yeah. a sideline. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. And... and- uh, and and I guess the other part of it is that uh, Carey Price, um, you know, uh, missed a couple of games, and and uh, uh, there was uh, some concern. Um, he had a uh, reoccurrence of that uh, lower body injury that uh, that maybe bothered him, um, and he missed some games in November. And he said it's been something that he's been dealing with for. Um, seven weeks um, and uh, which bothers me a little that, that he had <laughs> such a heavy workload, including back to backs in, in, in December um, uh, that the Canadians relied on him so much. Uh, but he, you know, he's, he uh, took some time um, to, uh, to get rested. And, and his quote after uh, the, the game against uh, Vancouver was rest is a weapon. Um, and indeed it sure looked like it, um, as he was, he was phenomenal against, uh, Vancouver. The Canadians actually came up, um, you know, and played a, a, a good first period, uh, I thought. And, uh, but after that, they kind of, uh, put their feet up on the bench and said, Carrie, you, you, you look after us for the rest of it, please. Um, and, and he did for the last 40 minutes, uh, the Canadians were outshot 28, 17 and, and it was the Carey Price show. It was uh, a number of highlight reel saves, um, uh, particularly on uh, Brock Besser and 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 others. Uh, there was an Armia uh, terrible giveaway. Um, 
uh, from behind the net. Uh, and Carey Price was there to clean up all the mistakes and uh, to register his uh, 42nd career shutout. Um, he 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 looked uh, he looked sharp and uh, and and very good. And so for that, I'm for all those reasons, I'm naming him my winner of this week. Yeah, and uh, I, I agree with everything you just said, and and the one thing that we we that I saw a little bit of was were, were people that uh, you know it's fine to disagree with whether or not Carey Price should be the Montreal Canadiens representative. If you don't think that that's that's your opinion, you can have that opinion. But questioning whether or not Carey Price is still All Star caliber is where I get a little bit. You know, where that's where I draw the line, because if you want to know whether or not Carey Price is all-star caliber, just ask Bo Horvat, who was on the receiving end of that Armia pass that you talked about, that little turnover that was right on the tape of, uh, of Bo Horvat and Carey Price with one of the, uh, you know, it's, it's just a Carey Price save. He makes those uh, very often, and he's made a career out of making those kinds of, of just ridiculous saves. And, you know, so I've been on the Jeff Petrie bandwagon for a little while now after I was a little bit critical of him early going. And I think that he's had a remarkable season would have been nice to see him reported, but the, the thing you see more was Max Domi. And the thing with that is you've seen price rounding into form in the month of December, even with that mentioned that little injury that was hampering him about seven weeks He's rounding into form. He's getting back to what he was, or perhaps what he always has been. And Montreal just kind of lost a little bit defensively. Maybe they still have, or maybe they still are a little bit lost in their own zone. But Carey Price has been remarkable in the month of December, whereas Max Domi, after a red-hot start, has kind of gone the other way. He's still producing, but perhaps not at that all-star level. So, yes, I, I agree that Carey Price should be a winner of the week, and he should be an all-star, and, and, and he's uh, rightly headed to San Jose for uh, for that weekend. And as you say, he might not be alone for the Montreal Canadiens, so Habs fans, get out there and vote. We want to see Shea Weber there because, man, if he gets there, the hardest shot competition is going to be something to watch because he's going to light up that radar. Uh, so get out there and, and make sure that Shea Weber is joining his, uh, his teammate, Kerry uh, Price, to uh, San Jose. Uh, so I guess we'll move on to the week, and uh, I'll do uh, the lead off in this one. Um, I'm going to um, – I, I think there's someone who – has not got uh, very much attention. Certainly got a lot of off-season attention, and then everything got since the season uh, began. Uh, everything's got real quiet, and um, I just want to shine a bit of a light on um, the head coach of the Laval Rocket, uh, Joel Bouchard, who came in with with all of this fanfare that. Um, you know, Joel Bouchard was going to, um, um, after, in some fans' view, the debacle of Sylvain Lefebvre, uh, Joel Bouchard was going to come in and, and um, you know, um, have his team by Christmas, have his team in first place, and uh, and well on to 
a Calder Cup win, and then he was going to uh, take over from Mark Bergevin as GM of the Montreal Canadiens, and he was going <laughs> to show how... I mean, there was all kinds of crazy, crazy, crazy talk about Joel Bouchard, someone who had zero uh, experience uh, coaching pros, and he's come into the... Uh, the AHL, and uh, I think he's found that that uh, things are a little bit different, um, and he, he struggled. But let's just let's be on let's be honest, uh, but be polite <laughs> at the same time. He's struggled. His team has been at the bottom of the standings um, all season long. They got off to uh, the worst start um, in, in the first 10 games were the worst start in, in uh, a franchise AHL uh, Canadians, AHL franchise history. Um, and, you know, um, Bouchard at the time said, well, you know, we were the best team on the ice, best team in the league for the first 10. We just had bad luck. Well, that bad luck has extended. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're starting in the second half of the season um, Laval has played 36 games and their, their uh, uh, winning percentage at 472 uh, puts them at 25th place in the 31-team league. Um, now, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that he comes back to time and time again is that it's uh, uh, a young team uh, that he has. And um, um, I... I you know, okay, uh, if if your team was loaded with prospects and you were focused on development and you were willing to put out y- your your young prospects and, and live and die with them, um, win and lose with them, then fine. But that hasn't been the case at all. Um, and and the prospects have, have, have been kind of shuffled aside for this group of, of players who – uh, Bouchard is very familiar with, um, and and they were handpicked uh, by him, um, but uh, but haven't necessarily and and certainly aren't prospects, um, and, and certainly haven't delivered. And and remember what what Bouchard said at the beginning of the season that he didn't necessarily believe in the traditional development model. That for him, yeah. winning was development, and. Um, <laughs> And that was that was the only thing that was going to develop uh, these players. Um, you know, the the, the, the Canadians passed um, on uh, Chris Terry. Um, the Canadians uh, shuffled out Dan Carr uh, and said uh, he was no longer in their plans. Uh, Chris Terry is second in the AHL in scoring. Uh, Dan Carr is third in the AHL in scoring and Dan Carr would probably be at the, the top, but he, he had an extended call up with uh, uh, the golden Knights. So um, we also see uh, Zach Redman by far the best defenseman in the, uh, the AHL this season and was actually first star of last night's uh, Rochester's win last night in, in Laval. Um, And those, those three players, are all players um, who the, the Canadians said we don't need anymore. Um, and the biggest problem with Laval is they can't score. Um, and all of those players could be uh, helping out. Um, you know, the, their leading uh, point getter is Alex Belzile, Belzile, and he's 
38th in the league. Uh, their leading goal scorer is Byron Fraze, and he's 57th in the league. Um, so these are these are decisions, these are choices that started along and made, and they seem to be um, the wrong decisions. Um, and just one thing, and it's actually what brought me to include uh, Joel Bouchard this week as, as my loser, and that's the whole uh, Simone Dupre fiasco. And yes, it was a fiasco. Uh, Simone Dupre was invited to the Canadians training camp, and um, let's just say that, that it was a disaster. Uh, he was terrible in, in the preseason. Terrible. Um, and despite that, um, I, I guess it was, you know, wanting El- Eric Jelena replacement uh, back on defense. Simone Dupre was, was uh, given a contract uh, to join Lavelle uh, when the season began. And he said, you know, I'm going to have to think on that. And he thought and thought and weeks went by and the weeks went by and didn't hear from him and finally said, no, I'm not coming. And then um, Simone <laughs> Dupre was not playing with the team. Uh, he, he didn't get picked up uh, anywhere, and, but had desires to play in the Spangler Cup so that he could um, uh, you know, improve his chances of getting on with the team. So uh, Joel Bouchard said, yeah, come on. Um, and they signed him to a PTO, and he played uh, with Lavelle um, before Christmas. Um, he played most games on the top pairing. <laughs> he displaced uh, prospects um, and then said, uh, goodbye, I'm going to the Spangler Cup, uh, which he played and, and got a grand total of one assist in four games. And afterwards, the Canadians said, uh, you know what? we want you with Laval for the rest of the season for some bizarre reason. I don't know what it was. Um, uh, maybe it's to sell tickets. Who knows? Um, and Simone Dupre said, mm, no, thanks. Uh, and, and refused. And it's the whole thing is bizarre and it's not, um, it's not uh, conducive to developing prospects you can imagine the, the message that sends to a Brett Learnout or, or the prospects uh, uh, um, uh, the prospects in the system. Um, yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's wrong, and it's, it's, it's a symptom of what has, bought, has, has uh, plagued the Canadians with their prospects for some time. And um, I just, no, since no one else is talking about it, I thought uh, this is a good enough place to good enough time for us to be talking about it here. Yeah. And I mean, I think uh, it's been quite the debacle in in Laval this year and things haven't been going the way I imagine that, uh, that Joe Bouchard thought they would go. And, uh, you know, I think the Simone Dupre thing just kind of encapsulates everything that's been wrong with the way that Laval is being currently uh, managed. And, it just it, it it boggles my mind that this that Simone Dupre, who as you mentioned had a rough had a rough training camp, a rough preseason, just did not look like he was a NHL caliber player anymore. How they could chase after this guy and just chase after him and chase after him 
over and over again, give him a PTO before he heads off to the Spangler Cup. I can't understand it. I can't wrap my mind around that. When you have guys there that are building towards their NHL careers, and with due respect to Simone Dupre, we saw that in, in, in his preseason, in his camp with the Montreal Canadiens, that unfortunately due to the circumstances that surrounded his career with injuries and whatnot, he is no longer at that level. And, you know, this is where they are right now. And being shot down by a guy that that, that just didn't really have a place for, and I imagine he's not going to have a place on any other AHL team, uh, it's it just kind of shows what is going on in Laval right now, and it's 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 not pretty, quite frankly. It's uh, it hasn't been uh, a good year for uh, for Joel Bouchard, a good first season, uh, I will say. It has not been that. So hopefully they'll turn it around in the in the second half, get some goals put up on that board, and uh, be a little bit more a uh, little bit more lucky, get some get some bounces, get some puck luck. <laughs> so. Um, I guess we'll move on to uh, to my loser of the week. And sometimes I have a little bit of difficulty calling someone a loser of the week because, you know, we all have our down moments. We all make mistakes. It's life. But this week was the easiest one for me because, uh, and we're going to talk about the World Juniors a little bit next segment, but we're going to dive into it right now because my loser of the week are any of the people, any of them. And there were... There were many, many, many people that did this that went to Max Comtois' Instagram after he missed on his penalty shot. He shot it. He just he got stopped by Ukapekalukinen, which is another fun name to say. <laughs> but, um, yeah, unfortunately, things didn't shake out the way that Max Comtois would have liked them to. And the barrage of comments of just heinous, brutal things that were that were thrown at him on Instagram – it just it it we saw this and if you remember back in the 2017 World Juniors, Connor Ingram in the semifinal against Sweden, he allowed two goals on the first three shots and was replaced by Carter Hart, and that was the first time for me. I mean, I, and this could have this it very well could have been going on for many many years, and I was just oblivious or ignorant to it, but. That was the first time that I saw the dark side of this tournament rear its ugly head in a way that, that – and we saw it again just a couple of nights ago with Max Comtois where people are just tweeting and commenting these brutal, heinous things on a teenager's Instagram or a teenager's Twitter account because they lost the game. And that, to me, is one of the biggest problems that we have currently face in sports. And there's a tie-in here because – as we've talked about, Carey Price faces a lot of criticism. And the one that hears about it more than because Carey Price doesn't have that strong of a social media presence, but his wife, Angela, does. And she gets similar things on Instagram all the time, and so much so that she feels the need to, to comment on them and, and say how things are. And this was just last week when, when you know, after the birth of her second daughter, she had to say, you know what, Carey Price was actually injured. He didn't stay back just because I was, you know, in that in that waiting period where, I, you know, it was actually because he was legitimately injured. And the fact that she has to answer to this kind of stuff all the time, to me, this is one of the biggest things. These are one of the biggest problems in sports. And for an under-20 tournament like the World Juniors 
to see a 19-year-old targeted by this, that to me is one of the most disheartening things. And this is a tournament that I love. I love this tournament because teams like Finland, who, yes, they've been great. They've been great for a long time now. But a team like Switzerland as well, that we're starting to see a balance. We're starting to see this get really balanced. And that's a great thing. But Canada and other countries that have been powers and Sweden, as we've seen, they got knocked out in the quarters as well. They're going to have to, you know, their countries that's, you know, obviously Canada as a nation is going to have to get used to the fact that we might be past the period of time where winning five in a row is, is, a, is on the table as a feasible goal because this is becoming a worldwide sport now. And it's great to see that. The one thing that isn't great to see is a 19-year-old get attacked like he did. And, and that to me is just, this is the biggest loser of, of, this could be the loser of the year. This could be the loser of whatever this is because, you know, there are people that do this on a consistent basis that are just trolls on the internet. And unfortunately, they do that with their life. But to me, this is, uh, you know, just a, a brutal, brutal showing. And uh, it was actually announced on, on the Ducks official Twitter account that Max Comtois played that tournament with a separated shoulder. He's going to be out two weeks. But that just shows the kind of character that Max Comtois is. And I, I'm, I'm a big, big supporter of Max Comtois. He had a phenomenal tournament. And the, the what he had to face after that, after the biggest loss that he, you know, of, of his career to this point, I, it was disgusting. And I, I just, I feel for him. And um, that's the other part of this too, where people say, I mean, there was one person that commented back when I said that, I'm not going to say who they were because like the people that commented on Max Comtois Instagram, they don't deserve to be acknowledged because they are picking on a teenager. But he said, this guy's going to be making millions of dollars. And, you know, he has to face criticism. And the thing that I say to that is this is not criticism. And we have seen within the past number of years, with the past year and spe uh, specifically, that money doesn't make a difference. We've seen athletes like DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Love, even Carey Price coming out and saying that he didn't think the fans liked him anymore because of what he, what he sees, what he hears. So that doesn't make that much of a difference to a person, to a human being on a human level. So... You know, this is this is the part of it that I really don't like. For a tournament that I love, this is the 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 black mark of this tournament, and and I hope that we're nearing the end of of this brutal brutal uh, part of this of this tournament. My goodness, you're fired up this morning. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was I was sitting on that for a week. No, I, 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 I uh, and, 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 and I was going to say, and understandably so, um, you know, I, uh, I certainly agree with um, your, your uh, commentary about uh, the people who attacked uh, Maxime Comtois and, and uh, uh, some of the, the, the disgusting things that, that were uh, put on his um, social media. So you co you covered that extremely well, and and like I say, I agree with you. I'm I'm going to take it in a bit of a different direction, um, if I can. Um, I I guess I would add to the list um, of of people that I I, I found it quite distasteful. Um, 
you know, the, the Twitter mob comes in <laughs> in, a, in a number of different uh, ways. And, 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 yeah. and you had that Twitter mob, uh, mob that attacked um, uh, Maxime Comtois. But then there was the, the, this group think, this, this, this politically correct mob that came out and everybody was tripping over themselves um, to, uh, you know, say how terrible um, and, 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 you know, what a fine person Maxime Comteau was and, and, and what, what a, uh, you use the word phenomenal, um, uh, in terms of his performance at the, uh, world juniors. I'm going to disagree with you there. Um, mm. I, I can, I can be disgusted by what people said with, with him and then objectively say, you know what, Maxime Comteau didn't have a very good tournament, um, how can I say that he he scored five goals? Well, he, he got four four of those goals <laughs> against Denmark, uh, the yeah. team that is relegated out of the tournament, um, and one against the Czechs. He did nothing, basically nothing, when they needed him most against the Russians and against Finland. Um, and we understand now played with a separated shoulder. The Anaheim Ducks uh, revealed that they didn't say they suffered an injury in the in in the last game they said he played the tournament with a separated shoulder so what in the world was he doing taking that penalty shot that's yeah. not against maxime contour that's against no. um tim hunter um and even if he was a hundred percent don't you think that you'd want uh looking at plays in um the ohl there's plenty of of OHL guys with skill who could take a penalty uh, shot who know this goaltender, who have faced this goaltender before, whether it's yeah. Owen Tippett or Morgan Frost or Suzuki for that matter. Um, Barrett Hayton, uh, you, you know, um, so, and I guess the other thing that struck me is, well, all of these, all of these, uh, journalists and, and were saying how terrible this was. And, and uh, uh, Maxime Comtois' agent, the, the Ross Sports Group, uh, released a statement. I was like, wait a minute. How come this doesn't happen when, when these vile comments, disgusting comments happen to you? mentioned Carrie Price. Um, yeah. You know, you had the, the, the PQ leader, Pascal Berube, uh, say that that this was nothing by but anti-francophone racism, which is silly. It's absolutely silly. Um, and and to use that that disgusting incident uh, to advance his political means. And we don't talk yeah. politics here, uh, but he was the one that, that that got into it. So I was really curious, very curious, that when Jasperi Kotkaniemi um, got tangled up and and the tangled up word is is travis green used that word uh the yeah. coach head coach of the vancouver canucks um he said that it uh, number one he said it was not a dirty play he said it was a a reverse hit uh by Pedersen. uh he said the two guys got tangled up and they fell to the ice and and in his mind it wasn't even a penalty mm-hmm. um and yet if you check out Kotkaniemi's uh, Instagram 
the most vile things you have ever seen in your life yeah. were posted on his Instagram. I'm not going to compare the two, but let's just say equally to what Comtois get, got. The next day, what did we hear from the, the Eric Ingalls and, and did, we, did we hear anything about how vile it was? No. Did we hear from yeah. Kakanyami's agent? No. Um, you know, were, were, were we talking about anti-Finn racism? I mean, as, <laughs> just to put it into context, I mean, uh, and, and Kakanyemi, I mean, he's 18 years old. It, it, don't yeah. the same things apply? I think in some cases here, there's, there's, there's an overreaction and, and where people try to jump in and, um, and, and, and kind of re- recreate uh, history. Um, and and that's, what, that's what really bothered me about this. Two, the two parts of it bothered me. The parts um, where the disgusting things were said and, and criticized those people, but, but let's not, let's not um, only uh, pick out this incident because it happens over and over and over again. Yeah. And as far as I knew... Um, the Team Canada leadership before the the, uh, the tournament, the World Junior Tournament, had said, we're off social media. This is a policy. We're off mm-hmm. social media. Um, and um, I think you're going to be seeing that more and more um, amongst athletes. Um, I know there's some who, you know, uh, use it to build their brand and whatnot. Um, but uh, I think we're going to be seeing that more and more the, the pull away uh, by players uh, from social media uh, because of these kinds of incidents. Yeah. And, and as you say, I mean, Kotkaniemi got it too after that Pedersen tie-up from, you know, from Canucks fans. And this is just a part of sports now. And with, with social media, with people having the ability to be anonymous and not use their names, there's no accountability for those people. And, uh, and that's the unfortunate part about this is that you get athletes and, and people as, as you say, because Kakanyemi, I mean, I said that Max Comtois is 19, Kakanyemi uh, is 18 years old and he's getting it the way that he did from Canucks fans. So this is unfortunately a part of sports that, as you say, I mean, maybe in years to come, people will take that route. And, and as I said earlier, Carey Price doesn't really have a strong social media presence. And, and perhaps that's the way that we begin to see athletes go because of, because of everything that uh, unfortunately uh, happened to, uh, to Max Comtois and to Yesferi Kotkaniemi. Uh, so we're going to take a, a quick break. We got a little bit fired up there. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll uh, take a quick break and cool down, and we're going to talk about the World Juniors and everything that was good about it for the Montreal Canadiens. So we'll be right back after this short break. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, 
graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast, and we talked a little bit about the World Juniors before we headed into that quick break, and now we're going to discuss them in a little bit more detail, uh, specifically the Montreal Canadiens prospects and how they performed at the World Juniors. And uh, it was a good it was a good uh, tournament for the Montreal Canadiens. Still not done yet. We have the USA and Finland uh, gold medal game and the Russia Switzerland bronze medal game that are that are going uh, in. A, in was it tomorrow and uh finland and uh rather usa has caden primo and and ryan paling finland's got jesse yelonen and then russia has alexander romanov and uh all four of those guys have have put on some really stellar performances and uh what were your thoughts on on the tournament for perhaps even the guys that have been eliminated josh brooks suzuki and uh and uh, jacob olafson as well well, for me, I think um, uh, the in, in no particular order, um, the guys that uh, the Canadians prospects who stood out uh, were Ryan Paling, um, Caden Primo, and uh, uh, Josh Brook. Um, I think that um, okay, and 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 Alexander Romanov. I can't leave him off either. <laughs> Um, uh, we saw, we saw Josh Brook. Um, I, I guess I really liked, uh, what I saw from him in that he played a role that, uh, I don't think he, he normally plays, uh, with his junior squad. Uh, he was expected to be a bit more of a, a shutdown defenseman, um, yeah. played on his wrong side. He got tons of ice time. Uh, we saw him on the penalty kill. I, I just think that, that, um, we saw how smart he was. Uh, and yeah. his ability to adapt. And uh, that's that's a part of his game that impressed me that um, we hadn't seen before. Um, as far as defensemen, um, you know, Alexander Romanoff, uh, uh, for many Canadians fans, probably the one who's least known uh, and was a surprise at the uh, at the draft. But obviously, Trevor Timmons knows what um, what he's doing. Um, Romanoff was clearly Russia's best defenseman and, and maybe one of the better defensemen in the, 
in the tournament. Um, he's uh, looking here. He's eighth in scoring in the tournament, had a goal, six assists uh, for seven points. He was a plus nine um, in the tournament. He just, he's got a bit of everything. He's, um, you know, he's got good vision, uh, makes a good pass. He's physical, has a great shot. He's, he's a leader, obviously on that team. And, um, and really impressed with him. Um, Ryan Paling has, has, has been maybe the best, uh, forward of the tournament and and it's interesting how things work because uh, Paling has only been put into the role or at least at the beginning of the term was put into the role that he's got uh, because of the injury to Jack Hughes um, but I think we're seeing a, you know a, a, a very mature game out of Ryan Paling uh, uh, we've always known him as a good defensive forward but he's leading the tournament in scoring five goals, three assists, eight points, plus seven. Uh, penalty kill, he's been great. Um, against Sweden, that loss, that overtime loss, um, he was by far U.S.'s best player. He's got size. He's smart. He's um, His possession game is good. He's, he's strong on the puck. I, I, you know, there's, there's a lot there to like. Um, and is further ahead, I think, than, than many of the prospects. And um, Caden Primo, um, you know, he grabbed that starting netminder position uh, from Kyle Kaiser, uh, the Bruins prospect, and and uh, and he's run with it. He's he's uh, he's been solid um, and is is going to be uh, the starter in the gold medal game, and and uh, uh, great for him. Um, I, I don't want to skip over the other the other ones, but since you asked me about uh, the ones that the, that I liked. Um, I just thought I'd highlight those uh, first, and we'll get back to the others in a minute. But, but uh, I do want to hear uh, who who you liked the best in in the tournament. It was it it was an interesting uh, interesting tournament in that in that regard because I agree with what you said about Josh Brook because yeah, unfortunately for Team Canada, um, Evan Bouchard and Noah Dobson had tough tournaments, and I'm not sure many people thought that was that was going to be the case but they didn't really produce in the way that I would imagine Hockey Canada thought they would heading into that tournament. And Josh Brook, you know, he's a, he's a dynamic defenseman in the WHL, plays for Tim Hunter. And there had to have been some trust there that Josh Brook could handle that role, as you say, to be a bit more of a shutdown guy. And he was that. And he made a really stout defensive play, had a stick, uh, blocked a goal there against Finland that looked like it would have been a sure thing off of a rebound in front. He just looked so comfortable. And this is the part of it that is really, really uh, interesting for me as, as, you know, looking forward as a Montreal Canadiens fan, because Josh Brook, I looked at as a guy that maybe wouldn't be able to kind of do that. Maybe that's a little bit of the, you know, because every prospect has that they have, the things that they're really good at and, you know, the things that they need to work on. And Josh Brook, I was kind of thinking, well, I mean, he looks like he's going to be really good offensively, but I don't know, maybe he'll, he'll have to be a little bit longer. To de- it'll take longer to develop that side of the game, the defensive side. And and in this tournament, he showed that he can do it. And and that was a really, really interesting uh, development for, for me. And, and I agree with you on that. And uh, the other one that was really, was man, oh man, did Brian Paling ever have a good tournament? I did, I did not see this happening i didn't envision this 
because of and I I I understand with with the way that things are. I mean, you have Jack Hughes on on USA, you have Oliver Wallstrom, you have uh, Joel Farabee, you have a lot of talent up front, and for 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 Ryan Paling to be where he is, the tournament leader in points, that is really impressive because as you say, this is a guy that you probably associate more with being a full, complete 200-foot player. And yet, in that game against Sweden, because that's the one that jumps off the page, that was a remarkable performance. And I, I said, you know, before this tournament started, that this had the potential to be maybe the most interesting tournament for Montre- the Montreal Canadiens ever because of the slate of prospects that they had, just the group that was going there. And... I mean, with the exception of perhaps uh, Jacob Olofsson, and that's really nothing against him, and just the way that Sweden had performed, all of them lived up to, you know, expectations and even surpassed expectations. As you say, Caden Primo grabbed that st- that spot and ran with it. Uh, Jesse Lonen yesterday scored the opening goal in the semifinal against uh, Switzerland. Uh, Alexander Romanov, as I said last week, I talked about him at length last week. Just remarkable performance, and this, this is a this is really interesting for the future. This could really, I mean, this is a sign of things to come, and hopefully, by the time that they arrive, development is at a little bit more of a uh, is placed a little bit more a little bit higher on the uh, on the uh, in terms of importance, you know, within the organization. So, that those were my initial thoughts. So, uh, yeah, I'll let you uh, let you continue there. Um, just not to, uh, not to uh, forget uh, the other three uh, prospects, um, Nick Suzuki um, for Canada. Um, I think he was a bit overshadowed. Um, yeah. Overshadowed by his friend, certainly uh, Cody Glass. Um, you didn't see him, um, you know, as he would be accustomed to in his junior team getting, getting power play time. Um but uh, you got little glimpses, I think. Um, uh, got picked up three assists in the tournament, uh, no goals. Uh, but the, the glimpses um, about his vision. Um, yeah. And I think it was in the Czech game, he made a great pass to uh, Morgan Frost uh, for a goal. And uh, I, I think that's, you say, oh, yeah, that's, that's Nick Suzuki and, and what he can bring. Um, yeah. Uh, you mentioned Jesse Yellowlin. Um, uh, he he didn't play a lot. He didn't have a lot of ice time, uh, but he made the most of it. Two goals and three assists, yep. plus five. I think uh, what we saw there is that he's a, a pretty versatile player. Um, and uh, then the other is uh, Jacob Olofsson. Um, he, here's a guy who... He's a center, uh, but was playing out of position as, as many of the guys that we we've talked about. Uh, he was uh, a third line winger um, and, and playing uh, uh, a defensive role. Uh, he's, he's going to be a very good two-way center. And I don't, I don't know that we saw um, uh, the best of, of him um, in, in the tournament. I think there's, there's a little more potential there than was revealed. Yeah. So, Rick, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here because if if you were to look at this tournament and everything that you knew before this this all happened, which of those of these wonderful young players, which one of these 
excites you the most? Who do you think of this bunch? And, and perhaps within this tournament, they've, they've, it's, it's changed a little bit, but which, who do you think is, uh, you know, what's kind of your, your number one and perhaps two and three, if you can go in a little bit more. Boy, that's a, that's a tough question. I think that, um, <laughs> You know, we, we talked about Caden Primo uh, emerging, um, um, but we've also seen in the past uh, Michael McNiv- McNiven was phenomenal uh, in yeah. his junior season. Uh, and it takes goaltenders a long time to uh, to develop and, and, and get into the league. So um, nothing against Caden Primo, but but he's got a number of hurdles. Uh, yeah. To, 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 to go over uh, before he gets to, to the Canadians. Um, Maybe 31. <laughs> Josh Brook is, 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 is going to be there. Um, and, and it's probably, um, you know, a, a little bit ahead of, of Alexander Romanoff. And, and I think, I think that gap, um, um, I think we, we thought it might be wider uh, going into this yeah. tournament, but, but uh, Romanov <laughs> certainly surprised. Um, but I think, I think Paling is, is the one who uh, we can be most excited about because I think, you know, many, many fans were thinking that uh, he could come into the Canadians lineup and, and maybe replace uh, Philip Deneau as a third line center and, you know, perform a shutdown role. But we, we saw a different, a very, as I mentioned, mature game out of him. Uh, he's obviously the closest um, uh, to being uh, playing at an NHL level. Um, and I think, uh, I think his ceiling is, uh, is, is higher than, uh, than we expected. And for those who have been following his, uh, his season, you know, this wasn't just a, a, a one-time thing or a tournament thing. He's been playing like that uh, all season long. Um, this more mature game, the more offensive side uh, coming out. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see a, a, a one-two of Kotkaniemi and Paling. Yeah, I think I think after years and years and years and years of <laughs> of not having a legitimate number one center and not having, you know, that kind of the depth in that position where you could, you could throw out a couple of guys. Certainly. I mean, they've, they haven't even had the one, they, they have not had two or three. So to have Ryan Paling play the way that he did offensively and, and perform the way that he did. And, and just, I mean, remarkable shot. I mean, that was a, I mean, there was one in particular where he just, I, I did know that he had that, that side of that in him really, uh, you know, I, I associated him more, as you say, as a, as a 200 foot player. So if he has that in his, you know, in his back pocket in his arsenal, boy, oh boy, are things ever going to be, uh, are things going to pick up for the Montreal Canadians in uh, in pretty short, uh, a short period of time. So, uh, yeah, I think I agree with, uh, with your selection of paling and, uh, and, you know, I think, I think Romanoff is for me, I, I think he is, uh, he's number two just because, as big as as big a hole that there is and has been in the center position for Montreal for years and years, we see that left side that isn't looking too good either. So if you can get, if Alex Romanoff can keep on, you know, going down this road and, and, and look as, as dynamic and as dominant as he has in this tournament, there might be real cause for, uh, for excitement in Montreal with uh, Alexander Romanoff. So it's going to be really interesting. And, and as I say, this could be uh, this, 
very well could have been the most interesting World Junior Hockey Championships in Montreal Canadiens in, in history. I mean, uh, would, would you, uh, before we move on, would you say that this is like a little bit, it's kind of like that? I know that I'm just thinking more of recent memory than anything else, but can you think of anything else putting you on the spot again? <laughs> um, as, as far as, um, you know, uh, reasons to be excited, I, I think, and, and, and um, numbers of prospects, um, I, I think this is, we're seeing the fruits of, of, of uh, Trevor Timmons being given a free hand uh, yeah. And it hasn't always it hasn't always been that way. Let's be let's be honest. Uh, but yeah. when he's allowed to have a free hand, uh, he knows exactly what he's doing, um, and um, and and has done a a great job uh, identifying these prospects and and uh, and bringing them to the Montreal Canadiens. So that there's there's reasons to hope. Now, yeah. um, the caution in there is. We've yeah. the Canadians have had prospects before. Uh, they've had some uh, development, um, uh, positive development, and and the transition, the transition, which I always talk about to the NHL, has always uh, gotten stalled. So yeah. uh, we we need we need to see that fixed in the organization. Uh, before we can start planning any kind of a cup parade, as some fans, <laughs> as some fans are already doing, and and you know, uh, you uh, don't want to dampen the enthusiasm there after seeing the the, the World Juniors. Yeah, World Juniors are always the uh, most fun time of the year and the most rational time of the year. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see what comes of this in the in the in the years to come with these uh, young players. So. Rick, I just put you on the spot twice, and after this, we're going to take a just a quick break. And Rick is going to put me on the spot in a little little game that we're gonna we're gonna play, and we're gonna talk about the Kotkaniemi Patterson incident as well. So we'll be right back after this. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged entertained and connected learn more about rsm its team and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com i bet you enjoy sporting your best hats jerseys dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest hats gear and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning well don't just show your friends show your hats the team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. 
for the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects. Log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Back here on the Canadians Connection podcast, we were talking about the World Juniors just a moment ago, and now we're going to move on to a little bit of a game show that Rick Stevens has thought up for this week. So, Rick, I'll let you take it away. <laughs> yeah, and in this, uh, we need some we need some game show music. We need quiz music um, uh, for this. If 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 we keep <laughs> if we keep this as a segment, uh, yeah. in in this little uh, quiz. Um, uh, I'm going to ask Joe to put on his uh, hockey scout, his his talent evaluator hat uh, for the segment. And what I'm going to do is give Joe two players. Uh, these two players will come from the same organization. They will be they will play the same position. Uh, they're just going to be from different eras. I got I got a, I got uh, some hats here that I'm going to pull names out of, draw names out of. Um, and um, I'll say, I'll, I'll ask you, and, and, and you just tell me who's the better hockey player or who has contributed more to the organization. Uh, just simple as that. Well, I, we don't need a lot of discussion because um, yeah. um, just, just who's the better player and who's contributed more. So There's pressure. Let me just, yeah, that's right. Let me <laughs> grab my first uh, two players here. As I said, they're from different eras, so. Um, oh, look at that. So the first name I had, this is, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, organization. So who is a better hockey player? We have a current one from the current team and one from, uh, history. Who is uh, a better hockey player and who's contributed more to the organization? Uh, the two names I have are Connor McDavid and the second name I have uh, from the past is Dave Hannon. All right. So I think these I'm are both go centers with, with the Oilers both, and just from different yeah. eras. Both centers, both from different eras. I'm going to go with Connor McDavid. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just checking because I've I've had Canadians fans vote on the answer, and they've they've sent me in there, and they say. According to their criteria, they say Dave Hannon is the uh, choice there. Yes, he. I think Man. he had six goals. I think he had six goals one season. I have to look at his numbers, ah. but I think, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, Canadians fans have spoken. So, okay, we'll move on. Okay. I'll grab another two contestants here. All right. We're going to go to the Canadians organization oh, okay. and All we're right. going to talk about, uh, we're, I'm going to go to, I've got a couple of hats here with goaltenders and mm. out of the current, off the current team, this is uh Carey Price, ah. Carey Price, Carey Price, who we were talking about earlier in, in the first segment. Um, and the second name is uh, Doug Sotard. Who do you think is the better player? contributed more to the organization, Carey Price or Doug Sotard? Okay, well, 
this this obviously has to be Carey Price. Well, you know what? I'm right there with you. I agree with you. But unfortunately, Canadians fans do not agree with you. They what? picked Doug's, Doug Sotart. Who hmm, are these people? Curious. Yeah, exactly. All right, <laughs> let's, let's not linger. Let's pick another couple of names here. Oh, well, look at that. I got Carey Price again. What's the chance of that? All right. Carey Price, and the second name is Richard Sevigny. So who is the oh. better player? Who's contributed more to the organization? Richard Sevigny or Carey Price? Well, Carey Price. Well, you know, again, I, I guess we're both wrong because I'm just checking the answer sheet and it says Richard Sevigny, which is odd. All right. We're, I, I'm not, you know, we got to get it. I, I'm just leaving Carey Price out here. We're, we're okay. On the desk, Carey Price. I'm picking another name yeah. from the, the, the one from the past. Uh, Michelle Plass. Michelle Plass versus Carey Price. It, Carey Price. Yes. Now this has got. Oh no. They say Michelle Plass. Damn it. Okay, this is the what last. What is one. going on? We'll leave Carey Price out. The last name I have here: Ernie Wakeley. Ernie Wakeley, goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens versus Carey Price. Yeah, I, Carey Price, I think. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. They say <laughs> Ernie Wakeley. Now, this how is, is this keep happening here? How is this keep happening? We have Doug Sotard. We have Richard Sevigny. We have Ma- Michelle Plass. We have Ernie Wakeley, all over chosen over Carey Price. We have Dave Hannon picked over Connor McDavid. What is going on, Canadians fans? Now, where this all started was uh, we have a wonderful series on Canadians goaltenders that's being done by our own Kate Racher. And, and um, she picked in terms of wins, seven goaltenders uh, over history in, in the Montreal Canadians. And, and this week, it just so happened coinciding with his return was Carey Price. Carey Price, of course, uh, second on the list, uh, passing uh, Patrick Waugh this year. Um, he's second on the list in wins all time with the organization, just behind Jacques Plante. And uh, when publishing that article, um, the comments we got back on Facebook and, and via social media from some Canadians fans was wins, wins. That that's utterly that record is utterly meaningless. There is only one measurement in determining your greatness for your organization, and that's getting your name etched on the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Doug Sotart's on the Stanley Cup. He won uh, in 1986 for the Canadians. Richard Sevigny has his name on uh, for the 79 Cup. Michelle Plass is on there for the 73 Cup. Ernie Wakeley's on there twice, the 68 and the 65 Cup. So courting, and, and uh, just to jump over to the, the Oilers, Dave Hannon's on the 88 Stanley Cup, and, and you know, Connor Dave, McDavid has not won a Stanley Cup. Carey Price has not won a Stanley Cup. So maybe, <laughs> maybe we can dispense with this silly notion that you have to have won a Stanley Cup before you can be considered 
great um, yeah. and have contributed to your organization. Yeah, and that's, you know, I feel like that should probably be able to uh, be uh, to go without saying it, but honestly, it, it's something that, that comes up all the time when you're talking about players' legacies, unfortunately. And for some, in the case of some players, that just the, the circumstances dictate what is, you know, what, what, what's going on with, with their careers, what's happened, you know? And, and for Carey Price, I think he's been a victim of circumstance in the same way that a lot of other great players have been of, of circumstance. And, and hopefully, a, you know, a guy like Connor McDavid, who is, looks like to be one of the, one of the next great players, can also uh, overcome some of the circumstances surrounding uh, the Edmonton Oilers. But regardless, yes, we'll move on. And hopefully we can move on from this notion that you have to win a Stanley Cup to be great. And, and as you said, it's, it's, a, it's sometimes circumstances and it's a team game. And Carey Price certainly hasn't had that team yeah. in front of him to be able to win a Stanley Cup. And so let's, uh, let's acknowledge uh, his place in uh, the Montreal Canadiens organization. Um, you know, we have, we've had great players in this league, Hall, Hockey Hall of Fame members, uh, Gilbert Perot, Marcel Dion, who belong yeah. rightly so in the Hockey Hall of Fame, but they never won a Stanley Cup. And so let's, let's toss that, uh, uh, that silly myth out there that you have to be, have to have won a Stanley Cup before you can be considered great. Yeah, for sure. So I guess we'll move on to the question of the week, which we, uh, we've gotten uh, quite a, a long uh, list of responses to. Uh, this has been uh, one of the more, I think it's been back and forth for the most part. It's, it's been uh, both sides of the coin. We have, we have the question of the week, which is, does Charles Udon have a future with the Montreal Canadiens? And I think the reason why I say that it's been both sides of the coin, at least on Twitter as I'm looking right now, is because the people that are in favor of him playing more frequently or playing with the Montreal Canadiens are a little bit more, uh, you know, are, are saying it with, with, with passion. And the people that are on the other side of that argument also saying it with passion. So I guess it seems that it's uh, but for the most part, it's actually more so that people are saying that he is a little bit too inconsistent or hasn't done enough. Like Treg Wilson from the uh, Habs Unfiltered podcast, his inconsistency is what keeps him out of the lineup. One game, he looks like a top six forward. Then the next game, he's invisible. I think he'll be gone soon. Hopefully get something back for him, but I don't see him being a top six anywhere else either. Uh, same with, Blaine Popvan is his co-host. He's been too inconsistent. And, and I think the general consensus is that, yes, he's been too inconsistent. He hasn't been good enough. But this is, would be the third guy. If they were to lose him for nothing, this would be the third guy that, that you know, you've, you've lost on waivers. So there's been, you know, as Matt Smith says, Mark Bergevin has to make sure he doesn't lose Houdon for nothing. And, uh, you know, he does say that he, he believes his, his days are numbered, which – is a bit of a theme, but you know, there are some other people that, that do agree that say like Peter, he says, I think he does, but uh, just not in the capacity that uh, he had hoped. If he can develop defensively, he can have a bright future on third line. If he doesn't get his defense in order, and then I'd say he'd be destined to be an NHL player. And uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been a little bit, it's been mostly like that for, uh, for Twitter. Anything, uh, anything different on Facebook, Rick? On Facebook, um, Mark 
Byzantine says, uh, just better not waive him like they did with Sherback. Play him or trade him, but don't lose him for nothing. Yeah. Um, Jamie Krupp says um, he's got heart, uh, but he needs to play to his potential and stop taking stupid penalties. That's <laughs> That's been a bit of a knock on, on Charles Sudon. Um, I would say, having seen him uh, in the AHL, uh, that's not necessarily his nature. I think he's, um, because he's in and out of the lineup so much, and, and um, you know, he played just two games in December, the 19th and the 20th against Colorado and Arizona. I think he tries a little too hard and, uh, yeah. and gets himself into uh, some penalty trouble. Um, Kane Wilcox says he's not getting his well-deserved ice time. Uh, he's a very talented power forward who can score, mm-hmm. has no problem laying down a big hit. Well, he's not a power forward. He's not a power <laughs> forward in any way. And uh, yes, there was that game that, that uh, he registered. What, what was it? 11 hits, something like that. But I think that was a bit of, um, you know, we've always, we've talked about block shots and hits as being one of the most inconsistent um, kind of uh, stats in the, the uh, NHL. And, and that was one where I think he got a bit of a home ice advantage from the, the off ice officials <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, I, there was Art Pollard who says, put him in a package with a goalie prospect like Primo, uh, add a defenseman like Ben and send him to the Kings for Drew Doughty. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh, all right. Then. <laughs> all right. Set that expectation um, level low. Maurice Simmons says he's a good speedster and should be up with the Habs again. It's that's just a misimpression. He's actually got below average uh, skating speed. It's one of the issues. Yeah. Uh, he's very smart though, and he knows what yeah. areas to go to. I think it's just um, you know he's not the kind of player. Um, and and again, this goes to the transition. Uh, Houdon was developed well uh, by Sylvain Lefebvre and, and folks um, and um, uh, you know was brought to the it, 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 the path was cleared for him uh, uh, Mark Bergevin said we're, we're getting rid of Sven Andrigetto to give him uh, 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 a clear path but uh, Claude Julien just doesn't like the kind of skills that Houdon has on his fourth line We've seen the kind of players uh, in in Chapu and and um, and last year in in Byron Fraze and and Logan Shaw and 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 he, that's the kind of player he likes. Um, Houdon has um, you know some defensive struggles, but but uh, hard for him to learn when uh, when he's when he's in and out of the lineup. And uh, ideally, we would we would love to see him on the third line, uh, but hasn't. Uh, played well enough to displace some of those other uh, folks there. Um, so um, a, a tough situation. Um, maybe the Canadians haven't managed it all that well uh, overall. Um, and, uh, but I think they need uh, to see a little bit more out of Houdon um, when he is in the lineup and, and, yeah. uh, and, and perhaps his days are numbered uh, because of that. Well, it'll be an interesting story to, uh, to watch unfold for sure, because, as you say, I mean, there is still, you know, there's a little bit of potential there for Charles Udon, perhaps uh, not as much as, as some people thought there, that, that, that people thought, but, you know, he's still got some upside. He's still a guy that, and even though he's not the, the 
the strongest skater. He doesn't have a whole lot of speed, not the kind that you would think for a player of his, you know, of his creativity and, and his, uh, his playmaking ability. You would usually think that a guy of his size and with that skill set would be a little bit faster, but you know, he's, he's a very smart player offensively. It's just, it comes to the, the defense. And, um, you know, I, I think that if you were to put him in a role where he was playing with a guy that, that was a strong defensive player, that would be a little bit uh, lessened. But because he was playing earlier this season um, with Max Domi and Jonathan Drouin, that does nothing to help anybody involved. <laughs> I think that it's not only what the Montreal Canadiens coaching staff, like what, what, or what he was taught when he was in the AHL or, or any of that, it's also you have to put him uh, with the right personnel to succeed. And I don't know if the Montreal Canadiens actually have that at their, at their disposal with this particular player. So it'll be interesting to see what happens regardless of uh, how, things, uh, how things go for Charles Zudon, if it's in a Montreal Canadiens jersey or potentially another organization. Uh, so, Rick, is there anything else you'd like to get to before we, uh, before we sign off? Well, we just thank everybody for joining us in, in our first show yeah. of the, the new year. It's, uh, it's going to be a busy month. Uh, mm. um, the Canadians have, have Nashville in tonight. Um, the first of their three backs to, back-to-backs this, this month uh, on Monday mm. and Tuesday with Minnesota and Detroit. And um, so it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting part of the schedule with them holding down the, uh, the, the last wildcard spot and the uh, Islanders in hot pursuit. Um, So be back with us next week and, and uh, we'll tell you everything that's going on. Absolutely. And you can follow me on Twitter at Joela19. You can follow Rick at all Habs. And uh, this uh, podcast has its own Twitter account at Habs Connection. So give those a follow on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So you can catch us right back here next week, as Rick said, 1, th- uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. That's 2.30 Newfoundland time. And uh, you can subscribe to the Canadian Connection podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, and TuneIn. So we'll be back next week, as Rick said, talking about everything Montreal Canadiens. So we will talk to you then. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadian's Connection. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.